Welcome to the M Files. You are listening to Valerie and Ella Mayers, Patty Wood Finkel, and John Woodward. On this season of the M Files, we are going boldly into the world of wonder cabinets and museum delights. Our guest today is Andrew Donahue, the current president of the board of the Mountain Plains Museum Association. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Andrew, I'm going to ask you a very similar question to the question we usually ask everyone who has been a guest on our show. As you were a guest on our show in your professional job as a museum person, I'm going to change it around a bit and make it more relatable to MPMA. What is the strangest thing that has ever happened to you at a museum conference? Well, you know, I've been attending professional conferences for a very long time. Um, And from early in my grad school days to those moments of um, moving up in my career. And I've been a member of the MPMA since 2007, since I first moved away from Kansas City to Colorado. And um, there's a lot of amazing memories, a lot of positive connections. And I can say with great certainty that a lot of the positions that I've held in my career um, had uh, some connection to the professional connections I made at MPMA, whether that be garnering people to be supporters or um, voices or advocates for me, or even references. Um, The late Jay Smith, former president of the board, encouraged me a great deal to get involved in the MPMA and served as a reference for me for many of the positions I've held. Um, and, you know, I'm eternally grateful to, to him and to his friendship and, um, and a lot of others that have kind of been in my corner because of that. Um, so a lot of great, you know, professional memories of, of those kinds of positive connections and, and the benefits that it has for me. But also, you know, along the way, there's been that catharsis and fun times that we've had at these conferences because, you know, it's it's an opportunity to to see what's going on within the region, to see different uh, collections, to see different operations, to get inspired about different things, but also to have a little fun and visit some of these sites. So, I while I can't say that there's a lot been a lot of weird things necessarily, there have been some of those memorable moments. Um, just this last conference, we uh, were touring around the USS Lexington and got lost in the basement of this gigantic aircraft carrier. So that was kind of fun. Um, felt like you know they were going to lock us in, and if we couldn't find a way out, um, our our vice president um, Jason Harris and I decided we were going to climb into one of the torpedo tubes and just shoot ourselves out into the bay out into the Gulf there if we couldn't find our way out of the boat. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a neat experience to kind of visit some of those sites and see different things there. Um, I've, I've had those kind of weird existential visits, I guess, where I've been inspired to do different things in my career. I can say with great certainty as well that the last time we were in Corpus Christi, which I believe was 2012, um, somewhere around there, um, visiting the museum, uh, the art museum of Southern Texas. Is that, I'm going to butcher the title. Um, there, the, it's in Corpus Christi. Um, tell me, remind me, what's the name of the art museum we visited there? Museums of Southern Texas, right there on the coast. Um, it was at that point where, you know, I'd been working in the arts for so long 
that I really felt inspired. And I thought to myself, I want to work specifically in an exclusively art museum someday. And visiting these galleries as an artist, that was a very inspiring thing. Um, and visiting those kinds of sites were always, uh, you know, very exciting for me. But I had this moment where I realized this is what I want to do. I want to work with these kinds of collections. And so I remember calling my wife and saying, I have to do this. Someday I have to work in an art museum. And so it was just kind of this transformative moment. And now at this last conference, now that we returned uh, to those art museums in Southern Texas, I uh, come to find out that I have officially been given the title of executive director of the Museum of Nebraska Art uh, after uh, search. Yeah, pretty exciting about that. Pretty excited. Um, and I take up that role on November 6th. So um, I made it. I've come full circle to what exactly I dreamed. And uh, and I have those kinds of experiences and those strange existential <laughs> Um, moments and, and moments of pure joy and, and inspiration. And I have MP, MPMA to thank for that. So, yeah. That is a great answer. So, um, Andrew, you are no stranger to service in museum organizations. You've been part of others that I have also been um, on the board with, such as the Colorado Wyoming Association of Museums. Would you like to speak to uh, that board service and our community of museums and, you know, our, our intentions, our missions, and what goes on in planning the conference? Well, those are, those are three big answers right there. <laughs> um, suffice is to say that a great deal goes into planning these conferences. A great deal goes into the logistics of, um, of the operations, of ensuring that that there's an enjoyable and valuable experience, but there's also an educational experience that the content provided is something that uh, our attendees, our constituents leave with a sense of fulfillment. Um, we have a big emphasis in MPMA that we want our, our attendees to have um, the tools. We want, them to, we want them to be empowered. We want them to leave different sessions with the necessary tools to go back and make positive change within their institutions. We want them to be inspired. We want them to be challenged. So we want to present something new, something different. We also want to present those kinds of opportunities for people that might be new to the region, might be new to the profession. Uh, we have a big emphasis on emerging museum professionals. And I myself benefited from that 20 years ago uh, when I started my career. Uh, as an emerging museum professional. Um, and so those kinds of experiences and um, you might even see the basics, those kinds of elements that somebody might not have had already and those skill sets they don't necessarily have under the hat yet, but things that they can pick up from the attendance at conference. All those things are an emphasis that we place within MPMA and with uh, many of the other organizations I've worked for. Um, Another one that I've attended is the Association of Tribal Archives, Libraries, and Museums. I had the good fortune of attending three of the major conferences for that organization uh, and volunteered with a, a variety of different facets there. Um, that's an association devoted towards uh, not only indigenous professionals in the field, but museum collections devoted towards in indigenous or Native American collections. 
Uh, and so some fascinating and amazing places where we balanced between uh, cultural preservation and cultural sensitivity of items that relate directly to uh, and are you know, very closely tied to a culture, um, whether that be ceremonial items that are preserved for ceremony specifically and religious and spiritual ceremony or items that, you know, reflect uh, the, the outset images of a particular culture. So um, our emphasis there was a great deal on respect and community. And so that sense of community that was gathered from people, not only did we have a chance to learn from one another at those conferences, we also placed a great emphasis on breaking bread with one another and spending that kind of cultural time and cultural connection, which is very important to, to Native American culture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the benefits of those kinds of attendance and that, uh, that participation is something that can be taken forward as, as a great positive experience. I know it's benefited me a great deal, not only in, in the connections I've made, but, uh, in the friends and connections I've made. Uh, and, um, well, gosh, that includes all three of you guys, you know, uh, those kinds of friendships that have been formed out of, of this participation uh, that, you know, strengthens one another. One of the great things about, I'll give you a great example of how that benefits on a professional level, um, the consortium that is created by something like the MPMA. Uh, when I was the museum educator in Fort Morgan, Colorado, um, actually, I think I was director at the time, um, Donor comes in with a uniform that her husband wore when he was a park attendant in Yellowstone National Park. Um, they retired in Fort Morgan. She wanted this to come to the museum. Really didn't tie into the mission of the Fort Morgan Museum at all, the history of Northeastern Colorado. So what did I do? I reached out to, um, oh, and I'm trying to remember her name now, Erin. Uh, she was the uh, museum educator, I believe, at Fort Casper Museum. And her husband uh, worked at Yellowstone. And um, I believe he had worked in the park system. And so I reached out to those connections and Erin Rose, that was her name. Uh, and because of that, was able to connect this family to the folks at Yellowstone. And it just so happened it was an era and a time period when that type or style of uniform was worn that fit a niche within their collection that they didn't have. It fit kind of a, a blank in the collection. And so they gladly accepted it. And the donor was happy. The community was happy. The next museum was happy. And I was able to reciprocate some positive things for a friend and colleague in that way. The, the consortium that is created amongst those kinds of things is, is endless and the kinds of possibilities for reciprocal work that we can do is just invaluable. It's just amazing. And that kind of collaboration, it's, that's where it's at. That's made because of the MPMA. So aside from the networking, because I think that's everyone's favorite part of a conference, what is the most valuable or important piece of a conference for you as an attendee, but also then for you as the new president, what do you think is the most influential? Oh, well, um, I want to make sure that the positive experiences that I've had are, are made possible. I think I, I referenced Jay Smith a lot, uh, our, our late friend um, who we lost a few years ago. Uh, and who was the uh, president, former president himself of MPMA. 
He was a big encouragement to me to even attend. I attended once, loved it so much. And he said, you know, you really should come back to this. Um, I met him in Kansas City. Uh, and then the next year, I think it was Cheyenne, I believe, that I, I kind of really formed a friendship with him. Um, that sort of participation and encouragement and having somebody like that in my corner uh, for a, a great deal of my career was so important to me that I want to give back in that way. So what's most important to me is that encouragement of giving back to the community and growing the field, uh, growing the interest, encouraging more people to get active. Um, one of the things I was working on with a, a former position was encouraging and with ATOM, encouraging more young native professionals in the field, encouraging more people within their particular cultures or fields to be interested in historic preservation of their own culture. Um, so as an educator at heart and as a teacher at heart, um, my emphasis is on that kind of education and preservation of one's history. I used to have a, a quote on my office door uh, from Michael Crichton that said, if you don't know history, you don't know anything. You're a leaf that doesn't realize it's part of a tree. And, you know, I think of us in history, we need to make sure that we're not these floating leaves flying through the air, that we are rooted to something deeper than us. And we have that kind of a connection that helps to become so formative to who we are. Um, and then we can branch out. I'm just going to play on these tree themes now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's um, that's the most important thing, I think, to me in this kind of service is to be that same kind of a service leader. Uh, and to help encourage others to to participate. Um, from my own participation, I'm continually learning. You know, I, I just shared something from one of my favorite writers and favorite speakers, Simon Sinek, uh, shared online a post of his talking about how leaders need to be continual learners themselves. Um, I need to be taught by the teams that I lead. I need to be out there advocating for them. I need to be the best voice I can as an advocate and as a director um, to lead. And so I'm continually learning uh, how to be a better leader and trying to continually improve myself and utilize the skills and those kinds of components. So I look for those kinds of inspirations. I look for um, those kinds of participation and uh, topics, literal, you know, specific topics at sessions uh, that can help me to grow and to be a better leader, uh, to see what's going on in the field and to, to learn from that and apply that to my own situation. I say thinking of the sessions, one of the sessions that I really enjoyed and that resonated with me was one that you presented with our colleague in Montana in Billings, Montana, Lauren Hunley. Would you like to speak to that session? Oh, wait, before he does, I want to jump in here. For those of us that didn't get to go to the MPMA conference this year, uh, Mountain Plains Museums Association conference was in Corpus Christi this year. And the this year's conference theme was... Invigorate. <laughs> one, one buzzword, you know, there we go. That's enough said, invigorate. <laughs> we turned it into a verb. <laughs> um. And, you know, I think that uh, from everything I've gathered, we, we, we did that. Um, even, for our, even for our vendors, even for the folks that were there, you know, in the, the, um, the conference room and in the, in, the, in the conference breakout room, 
there were vendors that felt invigorated. They were meeting with the right people, they said, you know, and they were they were being able to kind of share and express their interest in wanting to be a, a bigger part of our region. So we had some fantastic, fantastic presenters, vendors, um, uh, all kinds of folks in the uh, exhibit hall uh, and um, seeing new folks and uh, and old friends as well, Martin and Martin with their design firm. Um, my friend Peter Doucette with, uh, you know, Mila Wall and various groups there. So all kinds of great folks that were there. Or sorry, uh, uh, Storage Solutions. Um, design, I'm, I'm going to butcher that, you know, it's the design solutions that he's with there. Um, but, uh, you know, we had some some great folks uh, and, and great attendees um, all being invigorated by what they learned. Um, the session that I presented on with Lauren was a little bit of a hybrid from a previous session that I'd done. Uh, at our our conference session in Albuquerque, no, sorry, not Albuquerque, in Tulsa the year before, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was another fantastic conference. Um, in particular, it was about connecting with cultural and ethnic groups and un, untapped resources, I believe, kind of within the community, but particularly um, getting to the voices and authentic voices of, of people and Oh, I'm going to butcher the title. I've completely forgotten our title of our session. Um, but uh, community voices and community input um, and members of the community that uh, are not normally seen within the, the context of the museum uh, and trying to have that community input. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and, and see if I can find the specific title to our session. Um, but prioritizing and specifically prioritizing those community voices. Yes, prioritizing community voices was the, the title of the session. Thank you. I knew I would come to it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that um, was really, really exciting. I mean, there were just such stellar presentations. I, what I really appreciated too, uh, John's artificial intelligence in the museum. So I was at another discipline specific conference a couple of weeks after MPMA, and that was a huge topic in the visual yeah. art world. So I, I, I would be interested to hear, John, um, any feedback that you received on your session, because I think AI at first seems very scary and we're very resistant to, you know, what what can AI do? And there is these basic questions about our humanity and our abilities. And really what I came to realize is that AI is like any other software that we might utilize, even creating a Word document <laughs> or a Google Doc that you're sharing with colleagues. It's it's another tool. But there, there are some interesting um, ideas afoot about where this will go within um, the 21st century. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's a new tool to be developed, a new tool to be utilized. Um, it's something where, you know, when we were discussing it as a, as a group, a realization that, yes, we need to be on the ground floor and developing the ethics for how these, are, these platforms are going to be utilized within our, our institutions, because now's the time to do it, not 10 years from now when we're you know, some of these things are more developed and, you know, we're playing catch up. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, we're seeing the early stages of development and things, and it's not quite 
what we would even be able to develop. Um, it's a good starting point, but not some of these some of these files that you can create aren't uh, you know they're not the the work of you know someone who's been trained. They're the work of someone who pulled some templates off of the internet and just plugged in information. So it was a good conversation and something that kind of like with Andrew's topic. I mean, that was one I helped uh, him and Lauren with back in Tulsa. It's a continuing discussion each year, adding new information and new insights. As a visual artist and as somebody that works with visual artists, um, I'm apprehensive, terrified, and excited all at the same time. I, um, I have to get over a mindset, I think, as most of us do, culturally speaking, of this some kind of a, a sci-fi understanding of what artificial intelligence would be, um, or it could be. Um, but I also think of, as an artist, I think of what makes us human, what makes us, uh, as humans, able to express ourselves, able to, um, to create and those kinds of innate abilities of, of the human psyche. And I think those are beautiful things in humanity to me that prove beautiful existence of other things. Uh, and it's it's such a, a neat and unique facet of being human, that kind of creativity. So the suggestion as such to me that there's an artificial you know conglomeration of that kind of creativity, that's where I find it kind of unsettling and interesting, you know, um, of, computers being utilized to do creative human work um and you know uh whether that be you know graphic arts or advertising or those kinds of components so um i'm not so sure i'm kind of on the fence about where i think of that but i also i understand the argument where somebody's coming from where they say this is a new paintbrush this is a new tool to be able to utilize one of the things i'm most excited about as an artist myself uh, was things like 3D printing and 3D design and the utilization of a computer to create something uh, three-dimensional. Um, I myself, I have a 3D pen where I can draw in three dimensions and create different things, uh, you know, by hand. Um, but digital arts is something that I'm, I'm excited about as well. As a as a parent, I love the the artwork of Bob Stake uh, and the uh, the wonderful series he created called Don't Squish the Sasquatch. I read these books to my kids, and but the artwork is all done digitally, and it's really pretty fascinating. So I think of that, you know, where the artwork comes about and um, and utilizing it as a, as a creative work uh, and utilizing it as another tool to create. Um, so where artificial intelligence kind of comes in, I'm... I'm on the fence, but I'm eager to see, you know, you, you don't want to be the last adopter into these kinds of components. You want to make sure that you are aware uh, and either tentatively on board or ready and posed to, to take part in these kinds of technologies. Because, um, you know, I'm sure I will be seeing this as, a, as an art director, um, that more and more artists will be utilizing these kinds of components. And so where we as an institution will have to present those kinds of things and, and be that, um, that venue, uh, for the artists themselves. We'll have to be aware of where the artist's voice comes into play and what their opinions of these particular technologies are. Uh, and so we can serve as that, that platform with, a, a an, an objective view and an objective kind of, uh, mission to present the artists and present their work. 
So it'll be an, it'll be interesting as an art museum director. So Andrew, sort of to segue on the the impact of technology on museums. You know, right now we're living in an era of uh, free or low cost museum webinars where people can go online and get information about specific topics. So in this sort of environment, how do state and uh, regional museum associations retain uh, their position that they've built up over many years as a source of continuing education uh, for museum professionals of all levels of uh, experience? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think we have to, uh, one of the things we've sort of been pursuing within the MPMA is wanting to um, to get into the realm of the webinar and to produce more of these kinds of components. Um, we want to make sure that we are relevant as a resource, not just once a year. We want to make sure that we are not just that kind of one time a year catharsis and gathering point, that we are present and relevant and available as an educational resource and a positive conduit throughout the year. So we've delved into that, uh, that realm with M MPMA. But the thing we also want to be cognizant of is the quality of the output that we're producing. So whether that be we need to invest more time, more energy, more resources, more funding into the quality of production of the webinars that we offer, or ensure that the content is very well thought out and that it is produced in a, in a good manner, in a timely manner, and that it is um, something that people want. So we're kind of balancing back and forth with that now with, between um, this understanding, what do our constituents want? What do they need from us? What can we provide that others cannot? Um, or is it just, you know, um, they did a great session over here at, uh, you know, the Northeastern Museums Conference on making a box 101, and we want to produce the same thing here in the MPMA. Um, and uh, the people in our region want those same kinds of resources too. So, um, I kind of give that an oversimplified version of what, but we want to make sure that the content is quality. So that's going to be the key piece for us. Um, and wanting to ensure that uh, the resources that we provide are more readily available and are, um, yeah, are done throughout the year. That's actually a really hard piece to find an answer to. What do you want? Because if you ask a dozen people, you'll get a dozen answers. Ask True. two dozen people, you'll have almost two dozen answers, but trying to figure out what people want across a large region with museums of various sizes, uh, different staff experiences, that's, that's, a hard, uh, that's a hard answer to come up with. And I know museum associations all across the world are trying to answer those same questions. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to watch the different associations um, try to answer those questions for themselves. And some of the smaller associations can learn from MPMA and modeling what they have done for their members um, and possibly, you know, repeating those like box making 101. Um, and then MPMA can also learn from some of the larger institutions that may be hitting larger uh, associations that may be hitting all of the points, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. So it's a, it's an interesting question. The needs of our constituents are quite varied. I mean, we have such a wide region, everything from your, your major metropolitan art museums like Denver Art Museum uh, to, you know, a, a local historical society in 
Billings, Montana to, uh, or, or, you know, from North Dakota all the way down to Texas. It's a very wide swath of land and a very wide swath of needs. There's also a commonality there. I think there's a lot to be said about the commonality of common experience. Um, and there's a lot to be said that I've learned from the attendance at conferences where just because this works and is presented at a large level doesn't mean it's not applicable for the local historical society that I might have worked for. Um, I think, you know, there's a scaling that's uh, appropriate to different things. Um, the educational principles and tools that I might have learned how to, to do from the State Historical Society in Colorado, from History Colorado, I made applicable out there on the plains in Colorado and was able to, by the end of my time there, uh, every school in the district of Fort Morgan was coming to the museum. And I was very proud of that, but it took a lot of um, a lot of legwork to make that happen. A lot of um, production from one person. But I learned a lot of principles of what the major historical society was doing and applied those at my level. So um, it's possible that... Um, it's not necessarily one size fits all, but it's one one tool or skill is applicable for all. And I think it's a wonderful springboard too for emerging professionals. You know, they're getting pieces of all of these different small museum issues to large museum concerns with the underlying commonalities of presenting exhibitions and programs that are valuable to a very diverse audience. And how do you continue to keep it vibrant? How do you continue to use new technology? How do you continue to fundraise and make connections so you have that support in your community? And I think it's, it's exciting that I'm talking to you three who are all very much involved in conferences that'll be coming up again, you know, thinking ahead to MPMA in 2024 and for Patty, part of the larger natural uh, history, natural science collections and their conference coming up in the spring of 2024 as well. Would you all like to speak to some of this planning? Well, I'll, I'll kick off. Uh, full full disclosure, I am the, uh, the newly seated chair of the program committee for uh, Mountain Plains. So that's one reason why I did ask Andrew that question, because that's something that's very much on my mind as and the mind of my co-chair, Micah, as we start working on uh, getting the educational program uh, started for our, our next conference in uh, Bismarck, uh, North Dakota. But, it, you know, we are just starting the, the initial planning right now. Our, our first set of meetings uh, is this week to get uh, get things just kickstarted for you know 11 months from now and a big part of it is making sure how can we make the content that we solicit uh relevant for our our uh, our audience you know that begins with choosing a theme that represents a broad enough swath that can encourage some some uh you know brain brain sparks which mine just failed on me you know, some uh, some good brainstorming um, as you're thinking about what kind of content you're doing in your own facility that could be brought, you know, to a lot a larger forum, um, and that that is going to continue to go through. Uh, you know, our our call for proposals is going to be coming up very shortly, and we're going to be looking at selecting programs and workshops, and you know, making some 
some reach outs to different people because, you know, we we want to make sure that we're bringing bringing in things that are going to excite people, that are going to engage people, and that are going to uh, provide the value for the organization that draws them to the city named after the Iron Chancellor of Germany. You would know that historical fact, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so just, in- just wait. Iron Auto is going to be like our honorary third co-chair of the uh, programming committee. Uh, I can't wait. I remember being on the programming committee a long time ago, and I was the chair for maybe it was Cheyenne or the year after in Montana. So enjoy yourself, John. I have I've moved away from being the program committee chair and have moved into being the conference planning chair. <laughs> So I have two conferences coming up. I'm working with the PA Museums Association. So we're having a conference in April, and it's going to be about sharing resources. Uh, One of my sessions is actually a listening session to Andrew. This goes back to you to hear what our constituents would like us to offer them, um, particularly via Zoom in between the time from our conference and our um, big event in the fall. So we really want to have more interactions with our constituents and kind of um, see what it is that those dozen or two dozen people that will come to my session want to learn more about. Um, and we just had a box making 101 webinar two weeks ago that my intern Chelsea led for us. <laughs> um, my other conference is the National Sciences Collections Association Conference. And we are having our meeting Uh, the location has not been 100% nailed down. So I don't want to say anything. By the time this goes live, it will be nailed down, but it's going to be an amazing location. And we want to talk about trials and triumphs, sharing practice across the museum sector. We want to hear, of course, all of the lessons learned, and we want to hear about everybody's excellent results that they got from whatever it is that they tried to do. But we also want to hear some of the stories that didn't work out, things that made them go back to the drawing board. Maybe it would save us or their colleagues some time or some heartache to hear the stories that didn't quite work out where they had to go back to the drawing board and start again. So we're really hoping to get lots of good stories and lots of good examples of things that have worked and didn't work and lots of hands-on practice that people can really put to good use as opposed to a lot of, of theory or just stories with happy endings. So those are both going to be really fun conferences. I think there's a lot to be said to learn from those kinds of um, tried and, and, and failed operations. I think one of the neatest things I saw at a contemporary art museum, actually uh, the Denver Contempor- our, our Contemporary Art Museum, I'm going to butcher that name as well, um, but uh, Contemporary Art Museum in downtown Denver has a, a teenage uh, education space called the Failure Lab. And it's really kind of cool because there's different things from arts to sciences to things that encourage exploration and encourage um, the youth not to be afraid of failure. I think there's too much of an understanding of, you know, uh, uh, where failure, it just means uh, that you're, you're not good at what you're doing as opposed to you're trying something different and you're, you're trying things out and not being afraid to fail because that's where great successes actually come from. That is um, awesome. Yeah, it's really fantastic to see where those kinds of things happen. And I think that we benefit a lot from from that, from what we can share at conferences, not just triumphs, but 
even you know even cautionary tales that tell us you know what has what has worked and what did we learn from that what would we do differently moving forward that's something that would move us all forward as a discipline entirely all right well Andrew, thank you very much for uh, joining us today and uh, sharing your insights into uh, not only the Mountain Plains Museum Association, but uh, our recent conference uh, there in Corpus Christi. Um, before we, we wrap up for the, the, the session, just a bit of housekeeping. Uh, new episodes for this season will be dropping every couple of weeks. Uh, please check our Facebook page for announcements on upcoming guests, along with news from the museum world. If you have any questions for uh, any of us, including uh, Andrew, our, our guest, uh, please contact us through our Facebook page or by email at themfilespodcast at gmail.com. We promise we will get back to you as soon as we can. So in the meantime, stay curious, visit a museum, and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time here on The M-Files.